Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano and just outside of what you might expect. Does the smell of fresh cut grass, leather gloves, and new cleats make you happy? Do you yearn for the sound of the crack of the bat on the ball or the hum of stadium lights? Do you live for gritty brown dirt permanently embedded in your clothes? If so, you may be a softball or baseball fanatic. Maybe you were a player. Maybe you have kids now in the game. If so, you know the hardworking umps on the field, the men or women that we call blue. Umpire Bill Van Horn has been a fixture on the softball fields at High Point Park in Plano for the last 11 years, and we wanted to get to know him. We had a feeling there was a story there. In this Plano Podcast Extra, get to know a Plano character with a love for the game equaled only by his love for the kids who take the field to play it. Pitch hitting with us on the podcast is Chuck Cox, a former sports writer and die-hard sports fan. If you're a parent, we hope you're inspired to go throw the ball with your kids tonight. If you're a young adult who threw the ball with mom and dad growing up, we hope you give them a call and tell them thanks. Let's begin. Play ball. Bill Van Horn. I umpire, and my position is to uh, be as accurate as I can be. (laughs) Where do you umpire? (laughs) Dallas, uh, Garland, Frisco, uh, private schools. But most of my umpiring has been up at uh, High Point, from first grade into just below college ball. If you don't mind me asking... Um, How old are you? 75. I will be 76 next month. As long as I'm able to do it, I enjoy it because of being around the kids. I think it was last year that I had just shy of 200 games. You can see kids from the beginning that look like they're going to have this potential to move on and go into college, maybe get a free ride. They love the game and they keep working. And the key is when we are umpiring, if we see things we can pass on and help them develop their skills. I take my hat off to the coaches that give their time, and especially if they give the extra time because the secret is developing the kids' mechanics in knowing where they need to go on a ground ball, a fly ball. Everybody needs to be moving on any given pitch. So, you know, when you put that all together, it makes the game fun to be around, and and I've always enjoyed the game. Hi, my name is Chuck Cox, and I was a sports journalist for 20 years. And you're a published author, is that right? I am. I have a book. What's it called? It's a Matter of Life and Death in Texas, and it just came out about a month ago. Very nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Well, tell me a little bit about your sports background. What first got you into it? What did you play growing up? That sort of thing. Well, I was a pitcher. Had the fortunate uh, 
situation of being scouted by Detroit. Everything was going very well for me, except into the latter part of my senior year, I got a shoulder injury. It cost me uh, a scholarship and going on to Ohio University, where that's where I would have pitched. There's always a good side to things, and uh, that led me in the direction of broadcasting. I lucked out by getting the play-by-play job and did that for four years while I was at the university. Uh, did play-by-play for the Bobcats at Ohio U for baseball, football, basketball. I stayed in broadcasting uh, until about 1968. So I did some research. I found an old yearbook picture of you from Ohio University in the radio and broadcast group. Oh, you're kidding. There was a pretty famous guy that you went to school with that was in that same group. Uh Uh-huh. Roger Ailes. So I would be in in the booth many times doing play-by-play, and he would be doing color, and then he he would do color and vice versa. You know, we would... Yeah, I I traveled with him a great deal. I knew him, yes. We used to travel, whether by plane or bus or whatever, and do a lot of commentary. Um, He started off directing in Cleveland, and of course, the rest is history, you know, for him. Well, you're obviously a big sports fan. What did you kind of do in between broadcasting in college and umpiring for that 30 years or so? What did, what, how'd you kind of did you fill that sports fix? As far as my kids were concerned, I coached a softball team for my daughter. Oh, okay. I coached a hardball team for my son. Excellent. Many times those seasons uh, were running uh, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it filled everything. Who were some of the like pro athletes that you really looked up to growing up when you were starting to play baseball and stuff like that? Al Rosen, who played third base. Okay. Uh, I, I could go on and on. There were so many ball players at that time that I, I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, Larry Doby, who played center field. Yeah. Uh, Bob Kennedy. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, you had all kinds of players there. Shortstop, Bobby Avila, yeah. Jim Hegan. Yeah, it was quite a ball club. Okay. Quite a ball club. Very cool. Yeah, those are my favorites, some all of right. them. Right. And I'll tell you a favorite, though, more recently was Derek Jeter. I just thought he yeah. was just a phenomenal ball player and a human being. Yeah, I'm a real big sports and music guy, and I think those two things are very, you know, they just cross boundaries and lines. You know, people yeah, all over the world, you know, have a passion. A lot of people do for yeah. one of them or both of them, and yeah. that's the thing that I think is the most appealing about them is they just you can relate to somebody, you know. Absolutely. So, I know you have a favorite team, and what is it? Might be Cleveland. I wonder why. (laughs) Probably because they had a pretty good season last year. I wonder because I was born in Lorain, Ohio, just a little bit left of the stadium, going west. Oh, okay. And uh, been around it all my life, yeah. Now, we were just talking about crossing paths. I used to work for the Denton Record Chronicle, and uh, the team I covered, Denton Ryan, Austin Jackson, who's uh, fourth outfielder for the Indians now, played for – I covered him in high school. I go back to 1954. Wow. And that's when, uh, I can tell you in a second here, uh, Vic Wirtz hit okay. the fly ball. That is the infamous fly ball caught with his back to the plate by Willie Mays. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, we dropped it. We set a record on wins. Yeah. Ended up losing in four. It was Man. unbelievable. Man. So that still haunts. Yeah. And this last season haunted a little bit. Yeah. Have you had to eject a PSA coat? 11 years. I've done it three times. Seriously? One coach and two fans. You know, you got to say this, too, that uh, I see parents with a little bit of uh, yelling uh, at the kids, and it's kind of like vicariously they're living through their kid, 
maybe they weren't the greatest player, whatever, but yeah. they're kind of forcing an issue. And the best thing they can do is back off. Let that child play. Let them enjoy the teamwork. Let them have fun. And the further up they go, there's going to be a lot more expectations. Yeah, you can kill the love of the game. Yeah. You can kill the spirit. Yeah. They've given a couple of talks on this. That you can go ahead and you can point fingers at coaches and whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you have a few minutes, you take your child in the backyard, you throw the ball, you put it on the ground, you let them hit, you take them out because a coach can't teach all that stuff in the short time he has mm-hmm. to coach that team. So if he if the coach says, you know what, if you could take Sally in the backyard and throw a couple of uh, balls to her and throw some ground balls and help her with the fielding. That helps the coach. Mm-hmm. Then when they go to the practice, they just expound on it. But it's so important that people understand that there's only so much time for a coach, but you can help the coach. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps the kid get the confidence, too. Chuck, did you play ball when you were younger? Um, I played Little League Baseball. Did your dad help you in the backyard? You know, we definitely threw the ball around. I, You know, when we pro- I'm sure we probably went and, you know, he hit some grounders to me and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Bill, did your dad do that with you? Yeah. Yep. He sure did. And I know you did it with your kids. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I certainly did. And I'll tell you, it's. Uh, I will defend those maybe that can't do it. You know, so there's always two sides to that coin. If you can't, that's fine. But if you can, you just help that child a little bit more get to the point where they're confident when they go to practice. I have coached our team before. Are you the one I ejected? No. <laughs> My father traveled. Uh-huh. Every week, Monday through Friday, the only time I spent with my father was throwing the ball. That's what we did. That was our thing. So during the week, when I would throw the tennis ball against the brick in the back of the house in Kansas City, it was to get ready for doing well when I practiced in the weekend with dad. And then I loved playing softball because he was the coach. There's extra pressure when you're the kid or the coach. You're always the one to have to go up to bat first. You know, totally panicked the whole time. But for me, it later in life, it became much more about that time in the backyard than the time on the field. Because those are memories that you have with your parents, regardless of how your team did. You still have that. Do you see that in the kids today? I do. I do. And it's nice to hear you say that because that's a fond memory that's there. And, And sometimes when it's happening, you don't realize how important that is. But then later on, when you start reminiscing, those are the thoughts you get. What's the, what's the strangest thing you've seen in a game as an umpire? <laughs> it always jumps out. Yeah. I was doing a first grade game. Uh-huh. And we were, you always have to have a catcher, even though their mechanics are way off. Then, you know, the ball bounces, goes by them. They, they don't even turn around to look at it, mm-hmm. right? So we got to the point where I said, okay, it's, uh, it, we're into the game. you got to get your catcher out here. And it just went on and on. I finally had to go over and say, Coach, you've got to get a catcher out here. That You're on the clock. You know, that's the clock we mm-hmm. use for the game. Mm-hmm. He comes running out of the dugout holding his catcher. <laughs> and the, the chest protector is longer than she is. 
That's great. He runs out and puts her right down behind the plate like he was planting a flower. It was unbelievable. And the, and the little kid, you could hardly see her in this huge chest protector. And, and I had to get myself together because I was still, wow. <laughs> still chuckling, as were the fans when they saw her coming out. But I, I've had a lot of great experiences there. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you the greatest thing besides that, which was really kind of funny, is being able to talk to the kids mm-hmm. and seeing them have respect for the game and for their coaches. Yeah. It's sad to say that some don't, yeah. and I can see it. Yeah. That I will not correct. But I will say that for the most part, all of the kids have been very respectful and enjoy the game. That's and uh, yeah. that's why I want to be a part of it, because I think, I think you can instill in them so many things if you do it the right way i'll tell you a great softball story um so i mentioned working for the denton record chronicle i got there in 2001 and i got there at probably the best possible time i could have uh their football team had got a new coach the year before and it was a really young school they'd only been around about five or six years at that point they were like 10 and 40 never made the playoffs in those five years they got a new coach they went to the state championship game and lost in football the year before i got there I get there, they win state that year, win state the next year. Uh, baseball gets to the state championship game twice. They lose both times, but they get there with Austin Jackson, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball gets really far. I mean, they just this had all the sports just seemed to be rolling at the same time, except for softball. And I think it was the third or fourth year I covered them, they won one game. Okay? Wow. And there were two girls on the, t- on the team who were, I think they were freshmen or sophomores that year, and they would come up to me and tell me, you know, Mr. Cox, we're, we're going to go to state in softball. And, you know, I would just say, okay, that, that would be awesome. I hope you do, you know, and everything. And, and so finally their senior year, which ended up being my last year of covering them in 07, they got to state in softball. So they went from one win and I think it was three or four years later. It must've been three years later. What and then they, is, huh? yeah, they lost to the state championship game, but they got there and had an amazing season so it's it yeah, and just the seasons they lost yeah, yeah yeah and but right. that parent group you know we were talking about parents i knew every single one of their parents and everything i mean it was just it was a lot of fun you know it was just i, I probably enjoyed that state championship run more than any of the other ones i covered even football yeah, just because right. you know i knew them all and it was really neat so that was that was a fun fun thing to be a part of it's a great teacher sports yeah. is yeah. Yeah, absolutely and getting along with people which is key for life for success yeah and when you can get along and maybe you don't agree, but mm-hmm. you can agree to disagree yeah. and you go through your life with that idea that yeah. you had in sports and working together is key to success. And, and being around uh, for this 11 years, it's been fun for me because I've watched some of these kids go from first oh, yeah. all the way up, you know. I've watched you coach them on the field. First of all, they're scared to death. When Blue walks up, they're like, oh my God, what have I done, right? So he, he has to kind of calm them down and then you know try to give them instruction. They're not sure, because it's not what mom and dad had said or the coach had said. Like, oh my God, are you sure? Is this is what I'm supposed to really be doing? But you know, it's cool to watch that love of the game and the love of these kids and their development, because we know long-term what it does for them as people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Play ball. I'm Charles Johnson, audio engineer for Plano Podcast. For more information, visit planopodcast.com and click on episode resources. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast. 
tales of curiosity and character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time. 